0: All right, you know, when you have something so exciting that you can't wait to share with your friends and your family and everyone, you know, honestly, today is that podcast episode for me. As soon as I finished recording with this guest, I couldn't wait to share it with you guys. And I couldn't wait to re-listen to it and edit the podcast episode because I just knew that there were so many gems that we covered today that I just couldn't wait to share with you. So what I did was bring on Rachel Melenda, who's a Toronto-based intuitive eating nutritionist, to talk all about starting your business, overcoming fears, making big pivots, taking chances overcoming things that are scary you know all of the things that come with starting a business and let me just tell you she fully delivered in this episode it was a great and honest conversation between the two of us where we both discussed starting your business those common fears that come up but how you really have to overcome that and step through that to really get to the other side so I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. So Rachel, like I said, is a Toronto-based intuitive eating nutritionist, and she's also the host of her own podcast, the Fill Your Cup podcast. And Rachel's on a mission to help women obsess less and make peace with food and their bodies. Rachel brings her non-restrictive whole foods based approach to the healing work she does with burnt out women who are tired of the chronic dieting to help them establish a healthy relationship with food and their body. And the journey that Rachel went on to get specific on this niche and more clear on this niche was a winding one, but I'm really excited to share it with you and have her tell you more about her journey. So let's get started. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I am really excited to talk with you. It's, this conversation has been something I've been looking forward to. And I love all my conversations with all my guests. But, you know, chatting with you, you know, I've been following you for a while. I know that you've had so many pivots and changes in your personal life, in your business life. And um, I just love talking about this conversation of, you know, taking risks overcoming fear, making pivots. So you were like the perfect person to bring on to talk about this. So why don't you just get started telling us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know who you are, you know, your nutrition story, and then kind of what's happening in your life right now, just
1: kind of give it all to us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, sit down, get comfy because you're in for a ride. Um, But yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to talk about this. I actually love talking about the business side of um, the, the wellness entrepreneurial life too. So this is very exciting. But yeah, so for those that don't know me, my name is Rachel Melinda. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist. Um, I brand myself as an intuitive eating nutritionist now because that is the big part of the work that I do, Um, teaching intuitive eating, helping people to reconnect with food and um, rebuild that relationship with food. And I'll get into why I started doing that. but. My life before being a holistic nutritionist was um, more like marketing-based, I guess. We're just talking career-wise. Um, so I worked in advertising for a bit. I used to do social media for um, Popeye's Chicken Canada, <laughs> which I'm, um, I think is hilarious now. Um, so I used to run their their Canadian Facebook page, and then I worked on Bosch and Thermador too. So that was when I was working in advertising And I felt like I worked so hard to get that job. But then when I was working there, I just felt like so stressed all the time. I started getting panic attacks. I had never got panic attacks before. Mm. And I just started feeling this like shift that needed to happen. And the funny thing, um, I totally believe everything happens for a reason. Um, That's just proven to be true in my life. Um, the agency that I was working at was uh, co-founded by Megan Telpner's dad, Ron Telpner. Mm -hmm. Um, So for those of you that don't know Megan, I think a lot of people know Megan though. Um, She's also a holistic nutritionist and has done great things for the industry. She founded the um, Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Um, So anyways, I I guess I must have mentioned to Ron one day, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm into health. Like it always been a bit of a health net. And he's like, He's like, you're into health. You should talk to my daughter, Megan. I'm like, who's this Megan girl? <laughs> and I look her up and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is what I need to be doing. I, I want to do this. And I think a couple weeks later, she put up a post for an internship and I was like, oh my God, universe, what are you doing? And I was like, am I really going to leave this job for an internship? Like I worked so hard to get here. I did so many crappy internships to get to this point And now I'm just going to leave it. But the reality was that I wasn't happy. And I mean, I was 23 at the time and super burnt out already. And I was like, no, like, I truly believe that like, our jobs are meant to be fulfilling. They consume so much of our life. We spend most of our life working like you you better freaking enjoy it. Right. And I have just always been a believer of that. So I ended up leaving that job for the internship and learned so much and then decided to pursue holistic nutrition after that. So I went to IHN, Um, did the one year program full time, which totally kicked my butt. (laughs) I went in there a little cocky being like, whatever, I've gone to university. This is fine. And like, I've never worked so hard in my life. Um, I think so many people experience that and they're like, wow, it's actually no joke.
0: Yeah. It's not like
1: it. Oh my God. And it's, it's different too, because you actually want to remember everything. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be able to apply these things to your clients after. Um, so then after that, I worked in a clinic setting for a bit. Um, and I was starting my business in December, which was terrible because who wants to change their diet in December? So (laughs) I got a little defeated after that. And then a job posting with joyous health came up and they were looking for a community manager. And it was like, literally I read the job description and it was like me, it was like someone who was a holistic nutritionist that had a marketing background, knew social media. Like I was just like, this is me. Um, so I kind of went back and forth for a bit being like, am I, like, am I really going to help someone else? Um, do I want to help someone else build their dream or do I, do I want to build my own? And I had to have a chat with myself and just kind of realize, like, you know what, Rachel, like, you're just starting out. Like, you, you could learn so much from these guys. And um, it was a part-time position to start so I could still work on building my business. And so that's what I continued to do for, well, three years. So at the time of recording, I'm coming up to three years um, and I actually just put in my resignation, um, mm-hmm. my two-month resignation to leave Joyous Health in the new year. I don't know when this episode's going out, but um, I'll be leaving mid-January uh, to work full-time for myself. And I have goosebumps as I say that because I can't <laughs> believe that's actually happening, but I'm so
0: excited. I'm so amazed by you because it just, I think everything you're saying, it's its having that belief in yourself that, you know, the path's going to just take you wherever it's going to take you. And for you, you know, just like bumping into Ron and him telling you about Megan and then that turning into you going to nutrition school and then going and working with joy, like that is just such a crazy path. And do you feel like it really has given you that strength and confidence to go out on your own now? Are you glad you had that journey or do you wish you could kind of rewind and do it differently?
1: Oh no, a thousand percent. I was meant to do this. Um and that's the thing too, like we can look back on these experiences being like, why the heck did I work in advertising on Popeye's chicken? But Honestly, if I hadn't had that that short scent in advertising, I probably wouldn't know how to market my business the way I do today. Um, the problem I see with a lot of nutritionists, which is, I mean, probably why you're doing what you do and why you're awesome at it and um, why we need more people like you is because you're not taught those marketing skills in, in nutrition school, right? I had an upper hand in that way where I was like, okay, I have the nutrition skills now and I already know how to market myself to an extent. There's still a lot that I had to learn, but I could at least start and... The sad thing is like, I like out of all my classmates, not a lot of them ended up doing a whole lot because I think we're not really taught that, you know, you have that business course, but it doesn't really, doesn't teach you enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of that. And a a part of this journey that I kind of skipped over is um, I was having trouble getting clients at the clinic. I didn't end up working there for too long because the joyous health work picked up. And then at the time that I started working with Joy, she had stopped consulting. So when people would reach out to her, her clients would come to me. So it was such a great way to um, start getting practice with clients. And the reason why I'm I'm, I'm an intuitive eating nutritious now is because I started working with clients, um, working with a number of different ailments. And I just discovered people know a lot about nutrition already. It's not that people don't have um, it's not that there's a shortage of any nutrition information out there. It's actually that there's too much to mm-hmm. the point where we've, where we've stopped listening to our bodies. We stopped listening to what feels good and we're so paralyzed by what we should be doing. And we're always like, ah, oh, is this right or this wrong? Or is, should we be doing this diet? And so I kind of had a moment where I was like, I think we need to work on the relationship with food piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very much part of my past, speaking of everything happening for a reason. I had an, an eating disorder growing up, which physically was thankfully short-lived, but the mental effects stuck around for a good decade in some. Um, So a lot of disordered eating, a lot of starting fresh Monday, a lot of emotional eating, living off of aspartame, everything. Um, And so of course, like when this was coming full circle, I was like, oh, like this is the work that I was meant to do. Like, sure. Like I'm, I believe in nutrition and I love health and wellness, but I don't believe it has to be at the forefront of everything. I don't believe we need to um, moralize it. And by moralizing, it's actually hurting our health. So.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I don't know about you, Rachel, but for me going through nutrition school, like, um, I had so many health ailments like migraines, digestive issues. That's really what led me to going and taking holistic nutrition, um, but for, for me, what ended up happening was I kind of turned into more of that orthorexic eater. So I was yes. really looking at everything as like good or bad and really categorizing things. I remember, and I tell this story sometimes um, to, to some, peop- some of my friends, and I still feel a little bit embarrassed about even admitting this story, but... Um, So I went to Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in downtown Toronto and I remember taking the subway from like the west end of Toronto all the way to like Yonge and Eglinton and You know, I've always chronically not been the best at getting breakfast in the morning And I remember coming to school and being like, oh my gosh, I need to grab something to eat I'm starving. I'm about to sit in like three or four hours of class and remembering that there was a Tim Hortons right beside the school And I remember feeling so much shame that how could I bring Tim Hortons into my nutrition classroom? You know, like I was so tight around food at that time that like even fueling myself with food, like any kind of food felt very scary. So I don't know if that like resonates with you or if you also felt that like restriction at some points of like, I'm learning all this and it's great, but it feels like a lot and I'm overwhelmed with knowing what to do or what not to do now.
1: Yeah. Um, again, a thousand percent. And I've, I saw that a lot with my clients. Like I started a private Facebook group while I was building my business and I noticed a lot of like my nutritionist friends were joining and I was like, are they just joining like to see what I'm doing? Like, are we just, Mm -hmm. are they trying to like take a page out of my book or learn But the more people that reached out to me to work with me were nutritionists. And it's because a lot of them are like living so bound by these restrictive rules that they too are struggling and they feel so restricted and guilty when they happen to eat outside of that. Um, When I was in nutrition school, I was definitely way crazier about food than maybe I've ever been. But I was also, I think because I was out of the depths of my disordered eating that I still had like a flexitarian approach. So I was like crazy about nutrition like during the week. And I mean, for the most part, too. Um, but on the weekends, like I would still go out for drinks with my friends and have nachos, that sort of thing. So I allowed myself to do it, but of course I hung on to the guilt of that. So yeah, that's super common. And the sad thing about the health and wellness industry, which is just why I feel it is so important to, um, bring it back a notch, right. And bring it back to that relationship with food. I truly feel like it's so important. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not just the food, right? It's, it's very rarely the the food itself that is quote unquote, The problem, it's, you know, our emotions, it's what's going on behind the scenes, it's the inner work that a lot of us aren't doing. You know, we maybe get one or two courses in school about that inner work, and then the rest is all about the nutrition part. And I would argue, and I'm sure you would feel the same way, that a lot of it doesn't even have to do with the food itself.
1: Oh, yeah, most of it. Mm hmm. -hmm.
0: So why don't we chat a little bit about like, you mentioned that when you were working with uh, the joyous health team, you know, when joy was still taking on clients, and she was kind of pushing them over to you, I'm letting you take the reins with that, you know, were you taking on like any type of client? Or did she have like a specific type of like, niche she was working in, you know, um, I'm just curious, like, when did that like clarity for intuitive eating really come to you? did it come after working with a ton of clients or were you pretty set on it from the start?
1: Yeah, so Joy um, took on um, clients of every different ailment. And I, th- and it's funny, um, I think I know your view on this, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm such a fan of niching. I think it's so important. Um, but I feel like Joy is like the one nutritionist that is going to be able to get away with not niching ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe because the timing of when she started and um, I mean, at Joy's Health, we do touch a lot of, T- touch upon a lot of things um so yeah I started working with clients like every type of client um and then it was more so I think it was maybe into like six months or maybe a year into working with clients where I was just like ah like it I was I noticed I wasn't excited because mm. someone would come to me for like support with their thyroid and a I would have to do all this freaking research being like mm. I don't know about the thyroid <laughs> like <laughs> so stressed out like sweating so before every yeah yeah <laughs> spending so much time on it and never feeling like an expert and so And then eventually it was like the emotional eating cases that I found I was really drawn to. Like the clients that, where we started talking about that, I got, I was more excited for their consults and I was like, oh, there's something here. And as I started to kind of transition out of that, um, I started working with more of those clients and found that I got a lot of joy out of it. Um, And then eventually um, towards the end, like I started um, limiting my clients to only emotional eating clients um, for a number of reasons. A, because I didn't have the capacity to take on a whole lot of clients while I was still working at Joy's Health. And I wanted to enjoy what I was working on. And um, you want to feel like an expert and you don't want to be wasting so much time researching things that aren't in your specialization. Like I have, I'm so happy to refer out clients to people that, um, to my friends, my colleagues that um, are much more specialized than I am in a certain category. That way I know that client is getting the care that they need and it means I'm not, searching through my old notebooks being like, what was that about um, hormonal health? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Leave it
0: to the other expert. And that's the thing. If we, if, you know, us as a nutritionist aren't being clear about what we are an expert in, nobody can refer to us. We just end up being that general health and wellness person. And that's not really the most engaging thing for someone to say, hey, I have someone who can help you with that. You know, we kind of end up falling by the wayside if we don't even really know what we're focusing on. Totally. Yeah. So how did things change for you then when you started getting more clear on like the intuitive eating path? Like, did it help with your confidence around um, doing consultations? Did your practice start changing? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like um, my community, it was like growing at like a a good pace, but I still wasn't getting like a whole lot of traction. And then I feel like once I started coming out about my story with emotional eating and my story about body image, it was almost like, people were like, ah, there you are. Like that whole time I was trying to be, I was trying to be the Joy, the Megan, the Julie, like I was trying to be all these people who um, seemed to be successful from the outside. And that felt, I mean, especially when I I remember like trying to be like Megan Telpner at the beginning and like, I love that the work that she does. um, But that doesn't work for me. Like that is not my philosophy. And I mean, she has to live the way that she does because she, I I mean, she's, she's speaking to a very unique audience. Right. And Mm -hmm. coming from a place of like dealing with an autoimmune disease, that's not my story. Um, Therefore I, I don't have to live in such extremes and, um, it's just, it's just not my story. I don't really know where I was going, going with that. But what I found was that, um, yeah, th- like the work that I started putting out into the world just started resonating more and people started sharing their stories and being like, oh, like, like I'm going through the same thing and like your story just resonates. And um, it's nice to know that I'm not suffering alone. And that's the thing with disordered eating. Like I, it truthfully is so isolating because you, you actually think you're the only one going through it because no one talks about it. There's a lot of shame and guilt that, that's attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that started happening. And I did reach a point when I was like transitioning to specialize in, um, intuitive eating and emotional eating, where I was like, crap, do I got to go back to school now? Like I just finished <laughs> this. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I, again, I had a little chat with myself being like, you, you just need to dive in and do the work. Like I'm such a big fan of lived experience and, um, real experience of working with clients. And so I just continued doing what I was doing, working with those clients that were struggling with emotional eating and um, you know, like learn, like kind of sharing my own personal experiences. I was diving into the books. I was diving into the podcasts. I started working with a mentor, um, who's a naturopath, Dr. Jillian Murphy, and Mm -hmm. she special specializes in this work. So I instead decided to take that route where I was working with Jillian. Um, and I was basically paying her to be like, tell me everything that you know, like, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. and what do these clients need and how do I support them? And Um, Yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And honestly, I learned so much from my clients, even today, like the things that they say, I'm like, yeah, like, um, I'm just such a believer of diving in, I think, um, sometimes we can get a little too fixated on like, thinking that more education and more certificates is going to get us to our destination, and you end up just having a bunch of <laughs> credentials that don't really help you do a whole lot at the end of the day. So unless like just fricking dive in and do the work, I think mm-hmm. that's my best advice there. Woo. Like I was like
0: shaking my head and my body was like getting chill. I was like getting fired up while you're yes! talking about um, that. Cause I'm such I was a
1: believer in it.
0: Yeah, and you and you had so many good nuggets in there. Like number one, I think you really highlighted that, you know, trying to be the joy or the Megan or, you know, the other big names and faces in nutrition, it wasn't working for you. And it just comes back down to like the only thing we have uniquely about ourselves is ourself, is yep. who we are, is our personality. And if we're trying to be somebody else, it's just not gonna come across in the most authentic way. And people aren't going to resonate with it. So I I always get that question of like, why should I even start when there's so many other people doing it? And it's just coming back to there's no one else doing it like you. There's no other you out there. Even if there's someone with a similar personality, people are just going to resonate with you differently. So, you know, I've really seen like since following you, Rachel, like in your work, you're very much yourself in, Mm. in your posts, you know, and I look at that and think like, you know, you're, you do a really good job at being polarizing. And I don't mean that in a way where you're like, you're saying like really like, Um, crazy things or like negative things to make this huge statement but what I mean by that is like you being yourself it's shaking up the industry it's like showing like hey I can be on here I can show my body or I can swear or I can be myself or I can cry you know like all of those emotions that are real they, they come across and that's what ends up being polarizing because it's not just the status quo it's like all of the facets of who you are, which I think is so magnificent. And I don't even have the courage to do, to do that a lot of the time. So I look at your content and I'm like, wow, like she's like truly putting herself out there. And do you feel like that's really paid off for you? Mm.
1: Well, first off, thank you for all that. It's it's always interesting to hear what my business looks like from the outside, because when you're in it so much, you're just like, I mean, people reach out and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, no, oh, it, to- it has totally paid off. And you know what? It's it's way more fun now and it's less stressful because I do just get to show up as me. Like at first I felt like I had to show up as like, I used to feel this in interviews too. Like I used to show up as like a robot of like how I thought you're supposed to be in interviews. And now, I mean, I don't interview for um, like interview for jobs anymore, but now, like when I talk to people, I just talk to, to them like I'm like we're we're buds, you know. I'm like, yeah. let's just be honest. We're all just people that go home and walk around in our underwear at the end of the day. Like we're just <laughs> humans. Let's yeah. stop putting each other on a pedestal and playing this game of like I have to treat you a certain way because you are of this status. Like no, I'm going to talk to you like like how I talk to anyone. Um, and same with how I show up in the world. Like I, I don't know. I, I think it is hard to show up as yourself at first, and I think you just kind of have to do it in like. Um, little spurts and that's um, maybe like a bit outside of your comfort zone and then eventually you go further and further and further you can kind of build on that and then you're like really outside of your comfort zone but then at that point it doesn't even feel like you're outside of it anymore because you're like this is just me mm-hmm. and along that way along those little steps of taking those little risks of being more you and showing more of you um, that's going to resonate with people because people I mean we're very much alike as much as we might not think that And when people see that authenticity and that realness, they gravitate to it, and they'll message you and be like, "Thank you for showing up as you are, and thanks for being real." And it's those messages that have almost kind of affirmed to me that, like, it's okay, Rach. You can show up exactly as you are. You can swear. You can cry. You can Mm -hmm. you can show it all. And I mean, I used to think, oh, it's not going to make me um like what like. Um, that's not professional. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. do that, but it's made me very relatable, um, according, according to others. And, and I think it's really showed how you can live a healthy lifestyle still, but, um, enjoy the wine, enjoy the chips and not stress over it. Right. And just show how, um, you live your life. And, and, and in that you're kind of showing like what it would be like to work with you.
0: Yeah. Because we want to work with real people. I mean, I don't, I never really resonated with that practitioner who was like, you do this, 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 and that, and it's all perfect. And you do it according to plan. And like, I I never really got that. Like, I never wanted that feeling. I always wanted the real, like, hey, listen, this is hard for me too, you know, and we're always learning. And, you know, "How, how can we, how can I help you to do this for your lifestyle versus like, here's the ideal plan to follow, you know, just follow it because it's that easy, that's not life for a lot of people. There's so many nuances and intricacies. And we have to remember, just like you said, people are people. So, you know, that lived experience is going to resonate a whole lot more than just like being able to translate something out of a textbook or something you learned in school and just kind of relay that information that might help people, but it probably won't go down as deep as you really connecting with them on personal experience.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm.
0: So going back to the whole, you know, how I brought up polarization and that you are really making a statement with, you know, this is who I am and you're putting yourself out there. Have you received any negative feedback or is that a worry for you or do you feel like that doesn't even phase you anymore? Can we chat about that a bit?
1: Yeah, um, I guess maybe I've been lucky that I haven't received too much negative feedback. I did receive... um One comment, I think it was like a year and a half ago, I ran this mindful eating workshop. And when I did redid my branding lifestyle photos for my website, I was like, I don't want to be the nutritionist holding kale anymore. Like I want to show me drinking wine because that's what I do. And me in the kitchen preparing a healthy meal, because that's, I feel like that represents me. Um, Anyway, so I use those photos to promote my mindful eating workshop. And this person reaches out being like, what, what's mindful about, (laughs) this is what they sound like. Apparently what's (laughs) mindful about uh, drinking wine. There's nothing mindful about that. Um, so they were a little sassy and, um, that one, I just kind of brushed over. Like I was like, that, that one's not worth conversing with. And mm-hmm. then I did have another client, uh, sorry, not a client, just someone in my community that was, um, I guess my my work around intuitive eating and talking about intuitive eating was um, it's hard to digest at first, right? Like I understand it's, it has the potential to make someone very angry because it's again, a very polarizing view to what you've ever known around health, right? I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm basically proposing for people to think about health and wellness and body and weight um, in a whole different way that goes against everything that they know and they've been taught. And that can be really hard because it's like, okay, what am I supposed to believe? And, Um, like, no, like dieting has been my safe haven for so long. What if I don't have dieting? So it's like, there's so many emotions embedded in it. So I guess I was sharing, um, more about intuitive eating and this person commented on my post being like, I don't get it. Like I, um, you're, you're being an advocate for weight gain and um, Mm. obesity and this, this sort of thing. And we had some conversations and I just tried to like educate and give more resources and like, what do you need? What do you, what are you struggling with? Um, how can I educate you more on this? So I sent her blog posts and podcasts, that would feel um, beneficial and then actually it was really cool I got a, um, while I was traveling um, this past year I got a message from her being like Rachel like I'm, I'm finally getting it like and I know mm-hmm. I've been really hard on you like and I've been angry at you t- at, angry with you I've had to unfollow you and follow you a bunch of times but I'm finally getting it I'm realizing that dieting doesn't work and I'm more open to this intuitive eating thing and like it's frustrating because it's hard but I think this is the way and it was Oh, I got goosebumps just saying that and because so when I got that message I was just like, Yes, like yeah, and I feel you and I'm I I don't know, I felt so much for her. And so anyways, I I screenshot those sort of comments. I I screenshot um positive comments, any praise or things like that. And I actually have a folder on my phone. I have two. (laughs) I have one called, um, praise, which is just like really sweet comments that I've received from people that I look back on when I'm having a hard day being like, no one's listening to me. No one cares. I look back at those things to be like, this is why you're doing, doing what you're doing. Um, and then actually I made another album. This isn't really related, but it's called pep talk. (laughs) It was for (laughs) post breakup when, um, Mm. I was going through my feels and, um, I guess the perks of being open about a breakup on social media is that you basically have like a room full of girlfriends and people to support you and people sharing their experiences and um, people there to lift you up. And so I've saved all of those. So if, if you're listening and you've received any positive comments in that way, save them because they're so nice to look back on.
0: Mm -hmm. I do the same thing actually. Do you? Yeah. And I mean, it's so funny, like even, being like, I think we're kind of at the same place in our podcast. Like, I have about forty episodes. I think you're kind oh of yeah, the exactly. Same. Yeah, the same. so we're kind of on that same journey. And even though it's like, I can have so many people reach out and be like, "Wow, like, how did you do it? You've come so far. Like, this is so amazing." There's a lot of days where I'm like, just like you said, like, who's listening to me? Is anyone mm. downloading? Is that does anyone care? You know, and you can really like go to that place. I think, especially being. An entrepreneur being a bit more isolated, not being in like a formal workplace where your boss is maybe giving you praise or, or you have like markers to show that, you know, you're kind of moving the needle. For yeah. us, it's a little bit different. So I have that too on those days where I'm like, oh, I don't feel so good today. Why am I doing this? Should I throw in the towel? Mm-hmm. Going back to those comments and being like, you know, even if it's one person that is saying, wow, you're really affecting me then that is worth it. And I uh-huh. think we forget that, you know, like in this day and age of social media that we need tens of hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, until we feel like we've hit it, that mark of being successful, like it just bring it back to, you know, are you affecting one person? Are you helping one person? That is a huge thing. You know, that's, uh-huh. it, we are in a position to help people and helping one person change our life is incredible. Like we can go to bed at night feeling so proud of ourselves that Mm -hmm. we're helping.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's a snowball effect too. Like that one person is never just one person because that once you change that person's life, they're going to go on and tell other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And then I wanted to go back to how you were saying about that client who, or not your client, but the person from social media feeling like, you know, I had to unfollow and follow and I didn't really like the message. And now they've come full circle. I mean, that that is really crazy. You know, it shows that they've challenged themselves, you know, and they've stuck around. They know it was important. And I think sometimes we have to remember, like, when people get, you know, for lack of a better word, triggered, or they get uncomfortable, or something comes up and they might make a comment about something we're doing, usually it's a reflection of where they're at. Yeah, It's not even really about us, mm-hmm. you know. So remembering that when you might get some feedback, it's like, re- really putting into perspective of, you know, is this something that I'm doing that I can improve upon or is this just that person or that client isn't in the place to absorb that information right now?
1: Yeah. And I think I'm able to see that now. And it's also been helpful because I've seen that through Joy's health, like um, on YouTube, people are so evil to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, do you, like Joy's literally the sweetest human on the planet. Like, so when I see her getting negative comments, I'm like, no, like that's, that's just, <laughs> that can't happen. And it it usually is like, I don't know, hurt people, hurt people. Um, I I do believe that. Um, And so it is very much a reflection of where they're at. And with that um, person that messaged me specifically, it was also just a good reminder to me that like, more education is needed around um, intuitive eating, like I need to nurture my audience more to like really drive that that point home. Um, it can't just be like a one-off podcast or one-off blog post. Like it's so important to be nurturing this along the way. Um, I mean, half the people when I do talks I'm like, so intuitive eating, does anyone know what that is? And, um, a lot of people don't even know what it is yet. So coming at them with like a whole new philosophy is like huge when they haven't even heard of it. So I recognize that, um, it just takes time.
0: Absolutely. I think that kind of goes for nutrition in general. Um, I remember like teaching workshops years ago and being like, okay, so I want you guys to start drinking lemon water, you know, like the common recommendations <laughs> of lemon water, apple cider vinegar. And I remember this like one brave, I think it was a guy, like the one guy in the workshop, he put his hand up and he was like, um, I just have a quick question. Like, what do you mean by lemon water? Like, mm. is it the lemon I'm using? Is it like lemon juice? Like those concentrates? Like, do I cut the lemon? Like you had so many questions and I was just like, wow. Like we really do take for granted how much we know. Yeah. And sometimes we're trying to hit our clients at level 10 or at step oh my 10. God. Yeah. It's like, we have to break it down. Like, you know, even if it's as simple as like, drinking water again, or, you know, those loving things you're going to do for yourself. Like so many of us just forget those things. Mm -hmm. And if we're starting our client further along, like day one elimination diet, like that's not helping anybody.
1: Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of like how we learned about like intrinsic factor and and like mm-hmm. hydrochloric acid in, in terms of digestion, and those are the things that like when I was like studying nutrition, like I would come home and like tell my mom that, or um, like I would like try to drop that in client consults, and they're like, "What?" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a good reminder to like, okay, you do really have to break it down, and you also have to meet your clients where they're at. That was a huge mistake I made in the beginning. I was just like, "So you're gonna do all of this, okay?" Like, this is exactly if you do all of this you're golden but of course like when they're coming from a place where they're not feeling terrible and don't even have like all these resources are so new to them um Mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard to implement that so um even if even if you can just get someone drinking water without the lemon like that's great and if they're doing that every other day instead of every day that's great like we need to really celebrate those things and meet our clients where they're at
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And then I think that even kind of goes back full circle to where you were saying, um, you know, you felt you kind of were at this crossroads of like, do I need to take more courses? Do I need to get more education? Or can I just put what I've learned into practice? I honestly, Rachel, I hear this all the time. Somebody just emailed me today saying, I I actually think I'm going to go back to school versus, you know, build the business. Mm -hmm. And like a little part of me just feels so sad when I hear that, you know, if it's truly because you need the education, like do it, like, you know, be a lifelong learner. But, you know, sometimes I think we use that as, um, a way to not actually follow the dream yeah. or to go that next step because we just think we don't know enough. And just like you and I were saying, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, this the all end all. We're giving them every single step. We can just help take our clients to that next step. We don't have to bring them, you know, you know, 20 steps ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think that's really true in terms of people always pursuing education. Cause they're like, it's fine. I'm still working towards my business, but like, and, and you are in a way, but you're also like, if you like, are you going to do that forever? Or are you actually going to dive in and do the work eventually? Like, so, I mean, I, I imagine you've already covered this on the podcast before, but like, I think it's really important to like celebrate what you do know. Um, I actually, that time that I worked at the clinic, I worked alongside a naturopath who was wonderful. And I was really having doubts about my knowledge at the time. I'm like, I can't, like, I don't know enough. Like, how do I start? And she told me a story of like um, a prof and while she was at, um, CCNM, that's the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, and her prof said to her, "Um, Lauren, even if you don't learn one more thing today, you will be able to help thousands of people, and that's just the truth, Um, so really celebrate what you do know, and for the things that you don't, hey, if it's totally out of scope, if someone's asking you about hormonal or thyroid health, and and you don't, and that's not your thing, refer it out, or um, find um, a lot of peace in saying, you know what, that's that's interesting. I never thought of that. I'm going to look in for, I'm going to look into that for you. Mm -hmm. And anytime I've ever said that it's always been well received and I follow up and they're like so grateful that I thought of following up because they, I guess they didn't think I would, but like, so you don't have to know everything right on the spot. You don't have to be um, like an encyclopedia of some sort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like you and I have had a really similar experience with clients and, you know, I think For me, one big thing that's been coming up for me a lot lately, and I have been saying it on the podcast and probably to my friends in real life and (laughs) on social media, but just kind of changing that thought pattern from, you know, like nobody's cheering for me or like everybody's going to try to call me out. Or if I put myself out there, you know, I'm going to get the haters and like seeing it as like more of like the potential for negative. I have really tried to flip the script and be like, everybody's cheering for me everybody wants to see me succeed everybody you know like wants to see me happy and not in like an egotistical way like ooh you know woohoo stephanie but like in the sen- in the sense of like you know as people we love seeing other people live in their joy and do their thing and we love looking at people you know who are just like truly living their truth and we want to celebrate that in people so that's kind of the way i've been trying to help myself show up a lot more is you know people do want to see us succeed. So would you say like that you kind of approach life similarly or what do you use to kind of like build yourself up in those like mm-hmm. doubtful moments?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I love that whole re- reframing mindset thing. I think that's super important and so easy to think that, oh, no one cares. No one needs me. But, um, to, but to flip the switch and recognize that you are needed, you are wanted, you um, you have a purpose here, right? And, and that really keeps you going and Um, I've been very grateful to experience that recently like when I when I announced I was leaving joyous health and going full time on my own everyone's like I'm so excited for you like this is your time man like this is this is going to happen and oh you're already going to do great things people have already been like oh I have this business idea for you this is what you need to do and like I just feel like I have this whole cheerleading community behind me and it's and it's so cool so yeah I, I definitely think that's important. Um, what do I do to navigate the doubt? Well, this has been my experience. So I've been building my business alongside joyous health, which has given me the opportunity to build my business from a place of love rather than fear. Um, I think if I had continued on the path without joyous health and just started to build, I would always be like, Oh my God, how am I going to make money this month? And I probably would have made decisions that weren't entirely aligned with my values and beliefs just for the sake of money, whereas Joyous Health gave me um, some security in that way to not have to worry about money as much so I can really dream in my business. So there are times where maybe I doubt what I'm doing and um, a question like, does anyone care? Um, But again, I go back to like my little praise folder and I'm like, no, like this, this does matter. And um, there actually have been times where um, maybe I haven't had the support that. I I wanted. And in that moment, actually, this is kind of my mantra right now, because when sharing to my mom that I was like going full time with my business, she's, uh, it's it's hard to tell, um, to talk to older generations about the work that we do now that is very remote and digital and entrepreneurial because it's just, it's not the same, right? We don't, we're not building towards pensions and that sort of thing. So I guess she was worried being like, "Are like, are you sure it's the right time to leave? And like, are you sure you can handle this on your own? And I was like, I didn't need any more doubts in my mind. I'm like, I was like, I have no problem generating doubts myself right now. So I don't need your doubts. And in that moment, I just had like a realization where I was like, I need to my, I need to be my biggest cheerleader right now. Mm -hmm. I need to fully believe in myself. And I do fully believe in myself and um, also kind of protect your energy too. Um, So it means like changing the thought process in your head, that strategy that you gave, reframing, and then being protective of um, the comments from the outside. So I'm very mindful of um, maybe not sharing too much and not trying to um, not ask for advice, but... Um, like with my mom, for for example, I had to realize, okay, like she's not, she's not someone that I can talk to about this right now. And that's okay. She's an amazing mom. Like mom, I yeah. love you. I got it. I got <laughs> your tattoo and your words on my, on my body. Like, I love you. It's <laughs> amazing. But in terms of this, like, no, like I need to just stay in my lane. I need to focus on me and I need to believe in myself so hard right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you're just, as you're doing these things, you know, like, uh, and just because I know you through following you on social media, but, you know, um, you navigating your your breakup and showing yourself you could do that and you could overcome that. You built that self-trust, you know, telling Joyous Health that you're no longer going to be a part of the team, building that self-trust. And you're just like constantly building that self-trust. And sometimes, like you said, not everybody else is going to see the vision. So you have to be the one to hold it and hold it really strongly. And then you're just going to build that internal trust. And then you're just going to Keep showing yourself
1: that it's possible. So, um, yeah, that's actually that's something I want to say too. It's like having that evidence, looking looking back on the things that you were afraid to do or that you thought you couldn't do, and then proving to yourself that you could. Like keep that evidence very alive and remember it and write it down. Um, it's it's such a good reminder that like you can do these things when you are in that time of doubt. Being like, no, you did this before. What's to say you won't do that again? Mm-hmm. And Um, I attended a Tony Robbins conference recently. Um, There's a lot of jumping around and I loved every second of it because I love my dancing. Um, But there was a talk about failure and I thought it was so interesting. And after leaving that day, someone was like, Oh, what'd you get from the day? And I was like, honestly, like everything that I expected, but there was a conversation around failure that was just so interesting and so simple. Actually it was Rachel Hollis. She was speaking about it and we have such this, this huge fear of failure um, we apply so much meaning to it and we make that mean something about ourselves. And the way Rachel reframed it was like, like, so, so you fail, whatever. Like, why, why are you stopping? Like, if you fail, just start again. And it sounds so silly, but a lot of us don't start again because we apply so much meaning to what that is. Oh, I'm a bad person. I'm not cut out for this work and I, I can't do it, but just get back up. And so like her strategy was like, you know what, instead of when you're, doing your 2020 planning and your, your goals and dreams ahead, plan to fail, how plan, like try to create opportunities where you're going to fail and prove to yourself that you can do it and that you got through it. And I mean, as long as you learned and you grew from the situation, then that's amazing, but don't let failure stop you because you're going to fail. And if you let that mean something, then you're not going to, you're not going to go anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you know, I think her name Sarah Blakely, the owner of Spanx, which yeah. is a whole other conversation, you know, I'm sure as an intuitive eating nutritionist and the idea of Spanx maybe doesn't resonate, but I think she is a really incredible business owner. She's, you know, I think other than what is it, Kylie Jenner, she's like one of the biggest like billionaire female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. Any- anyway so she's done really well for herself and um, there's this video that I like to share I actually teach the business chorus at CSNN here in Victoria and when I'm teaching I like to share this video where she talks about how her dad you know at the end of the school day when she was a kid her dad wouldn't say hey like what did you learn today or like what happened at school he'd say you know where did you fail today Wow. Yeah. And really start to like work that into them that like failure is not something to be scared about or ashamed about. Like it's something to be like, wow, I failed here because I tried. Mm -hmm. Because the only reason or the only way we're going to fail is if we're trying something new. Right. And I would rather live a life of constantly failing and like growing and expanding than not even trying at all.
1: I totally agree. Oh, I love that so much. I actually <laughs> don't know how I feel about Spanx now that you think of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not to say that because, you know, yeah. you're of eating that you wouldn't because I think we have to challenge ourselves even when I know you've talked before about the whole makeup thing or the eyelashes. Yeah, that was something you talked about. Mm-hmm, the whole beauty yeah. industry. I'm yeah. still
1: trying to figure out my stance on that. Like, I, I don't know, I don't put such um I, I don't have like strong opinions in that way. Like I think it really does come back to, this is unrelated now, but just a s- small mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I think it really does come back to doing things that make you feel good. And if wearing Spanx underneath your clothes make you feel like you can show up a little more confident and hold your head higher then freaking do it. Right. Same yeah. with fake eyelashes and that sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think is just like, again, even like reflecting on me making the assumption that that didn't fall along the terms of that. It's like, I think this is just so important, like what you're doing, because you're reminding people that people get to decide what mm. life looks like for them. Like, you know, you, the person that maybe doesn't want to wear spandex doesn't have to or wants to can. It's like, what makes you feel good? And yeah. just do that thing. And I think then you're really, your business is really tapping back into like, just making people feel like themselves again, which uh. I think we get so lost from.
1: Yeah, totally. I just wrote that down because I really like that. People get to decide what life looks like for themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't realize I was doing that, but I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it.
0: (laughs) Well, and then when you like boil it down like that, it's like, wow, that is what my, what I get to do Mm -hmm. for a living. How cool is that? Yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. My job's my favorite part of my life and, and all other areas of my life are awesome too. But like I coming from the 23 year old me who, was like, oh my God, I hate my job. Like, is this really what I'm going to do for the next like 40 years of my life or so? And then to be like, no, my job is my favorite part of my life. Like I actually get sad when it's like bedtime because I'm like, no, I just, I want to do more. Like, (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm like that on
0: the weekends. I'm like, oh Oh, shoot, I can't wait for Monday, which was never my experience. I hate it. I used to work in like corporate office in Toronto and like hated Mondays. And now I love Mondays because I'm just like, I'm so excited to start again. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. This has been such an awesome conversation. I mean, you gave me goosebumps a few times with Mm. some of the things you were sharing, you know, just hearing your journey and your story of like overcoming these fears, taking the risks, um, really just like building that vision from the ground up. and, And I love that you shared that, you know, it doesn't really have to look one certain way. It doesn't have to be, you know, the entrepreneurial route right from the beginning, maybe you do lean on another job or another opportunity or you learn from a mentor or whatever it is. Like it can look whatever way it's going to look for somebody and that's totally okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And I guess like one other thing that, um, I just want to mention quickly is that, cause we talked about at the beginning about like risk taking that sort of thing. And I have taken more risks um, in the past three months than I've probably ever taken in my life. And all I can say is on the other side of the unknown and the, and fears is so much beauty and so much growth and truthfully where, where I feel like we're meant to be if we stop resisting it. So if there is something for the listeners that um, you feel afraid of doing because of X, Y, Z, um, screw it and go and do it. Feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: (laughs) I love that. Screw it and go and do it. (laughs) Just (laughs) Move through it. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. That is honestly, I know it's so silly to say, but it's honestly where the magic is. It's like on that other side. It's just like we get up to that door of like, you know, what's going to be on that other side. And sometimes we just walk the other way and we don't even open it. But when we open it, it's like this magical world on the other side of just like, Mm -hmm. wow, look at everything out there. That's possible.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know how they can, you know, join your community, learn more about intuitive eating?
1: Yep. Um, so I'm at Rachel M Melinda on all social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Um, And that's my website as well, Rachel M. Melinda. Um, I guess we'll have that in the show notes maybe for spelling. Um, I also have a podcast, the Failure Cup podcast. So there's a new episode every Sunday and we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, And then if you're interested in um, intuitive eating and learning about maybe you're struggling with food and body image right now, I have my intuitive way for eating program, which is a four-month one-on-one virtual consultation program. Um, We start by... Um, working on the relationship with food and take you all the way to reintroducing nutrition again to the point where you are able to experience food freedom and go about your days enjoying food and not stressing about it and experiencing guilt around it. So um, I'm I'm very excited about that and experiencing huge leaps with the clients that I'm working with um, on that right now.
0: Mm, Sounds so good. And I can only imagine that because you're living in that truth and sharing what you know best, like everybody's just getting incredible results from that and really trusting Mm -hmm. themselves as well.
1: Trust and surrender, man. It's it's the name of the game.
0: (laughs) Totally. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I really
1: appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Stephanie. I love being here. Thanks for the chat.
0: Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or tag us on social media. Catch you next time.